Are you tired of feeling tired day in and day out? Do you wonder if there will ever come a time in your life where you don't feel stressed? Are you curious if resting will truly create more peace than chaos in your days? Well, let me tell you, rest is so much more than sleep. When you are well-rested, you live a calm and peaceful life. When you're well-rested, you have energy to do the things you need to do and the mental capacity to make the decisions that need to be made. When you're well-rested, you can manage your emotions rather than let your emotions manage you. Today, I want to talk about daily rhythms of rest, more than just sleep, that you can implement starting today so that you can begin to live with less stress, more energy, and truly make your healthiest decisions consistently. Grab your Bible and a notebook and let's get into it. Hey, sweet friend. Welcome to Healthy and Empowered Living. Do you want to consistently make your best choices so you can finally get healthy for good? Do you find yourself up late at night searching recipes for healthier family meals, motivation to work out, or does God really care about my health? Do you wake up with big, ambitious goals only to feel frustrated that you can't follow through or guilty that it's taking away precious time from your kids again? Hey, I'm Lauren. I too was a mom who wanted to get healthy. I too worried that I wasn't prioritizing my time well and wished that I could finally let go and let God. I wanted confidence and freedom to love my body and food and have more energy for the things that really mattered to me. But I kept telling myself that I'd never have the discipline to consistently make healthy choices or do the things that God was asking me to do until I found a little secret that helped me redefine health God's way. In this podcast, you will find all the motivation and encouragement you need to live healthy consistently through simple lifestyle habits and a biblical mindset so that you will live in true confidence, joy, and freedom as the mom God created you to be. So pop in those earbuds, reheat your coffee again, and let's do this. So last week I challenged you to think about a few things after I introduced this short mini-series to you about rhythms of rest and what they have to do with living healthy and empowered. I asked you to consider questions like, what do your rhythms of rest currently look like in your life? Do you have any rhythms you follow? Do you sleep well? Do you have consistent quiet time in your day? Do you practice Sabbath or work every day of the week? How are you prioritizing or not prioritizing rest in a busy season? What would it look like for your life to not be as busy as it is right now? I challenged you to really sit and pray and ask the Lord what he wants you to know about resting and what he wants you to do. I trust that he spoke to you as you sat down with him and meditated on these things, and I pray he continues to speak as we get into this first rhythm I want to share about today. So yeah, the first rhythm is daily rest. That is, finding time each day to rest, making it a priority, doing what it takes to make sure that you're recognizing and listening to your body and your mind for when it needs rest. So daily rest can look many different ways, but the point is that there are ways you rest every single day, whether that is sleep or slowing down or being quiet or sitting with the Lord or simply taking deep breaths. Let's talk for a second about what might be happening if you're not prioritizing enough daily rest. Like, do you find yourself eating an afternoon sugary snack and drinking that extra cup of coffee around 3 p.m. because you just need something to get you through the rest of the day? Have you ever found yourself munching on snacks late at night even when you're not hungry for them because for some reason you think you need to stay awake and watch TV or read a book or finish that last little bit of laundry and the calories from the snack are sure to give you the energy boost that you need to finish strong, right? Well, what if your body was really telling you that it needs rest? It needs sleep. 
So often in this world, we confuse what our tired body is telling us with a need for more food or caffeine, when in reality, rest and sleep will actually solve the exhaustion problem in a much more sustainable and healthy way. Now, I'm not saying that you'll find immediate relief, and I also get that sometimes you can't just stop and sleep right when your body's telling you to, but there are some changes you can begin to put into place to improve your overall sleep habits to help your body get more rest and higher quality rest so that you're not feeling tired all the time. Now, I know you probably know that rest is more than just sleep. I talked about this some last week. Rest is also finding the time to slow down, to not be on the go, to quiet your mind and your thoughts, to sit in silence for a time, to take your stresses to the Lord and listen to what he has to say about it all. These are all ways to bring rest. And while sleep does this too, personally, I love the benefits that come from prioritizing rest in this way specifically. When I've made time to get quiet with the Lord, to listen to Him, to bring my cares and my worries to Him, to sit in silence and not let my mind be constantly overstimulated, I feel so much more peace in my soul. I can manage my emotions instead of letting them manage me. I can have the mental capacity to make my best decisions, or at least feel like my decisions are making me, if that makes any sense. You know how sometimes you just get in a rut in a place where you've been doing the same thing for so long that you actually don't know how to do the thing differently or make a different choice or that feeling that making the change in that choice would just take more energy than you feel like you have right now? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. When you make the space to rest your brain long enough to think about things, think about why you're doing the things that you're doing. Seek the Lord on whether he wants you to keep doing those things. You're going to find that you have the mental space to change what actually needs to be changed with full confidence. Okay, getting practical here. Let's talk about sleep first. I want to share two habits to work on to help you get better sleep and to learn to make it a priority. As I go through these things, keep this in mind, that getting enough sleep is is actually the most important thing that you can do for your health, both mentally and physically. Sleep is crucial to our well-being. See, as we sleep, there are so many physical things happening in your brains and your bodies that work towards this resetting and this restoring so that we can actually function fully when we wake up the next day. God made our bodies so cool. I really encourage you to go do a quick Google search on what all happens during your sleep every night in your body. It's really fascinating stuff. But more than that, sleep is actually a gift from the Lord that we're blessed to receive. If you look in all throughout scripture, but specifically Psalm 127.2 says, In vain you rise up early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Committing to sleep is a way of surrendering to God, saying God is God and he can manage things without me. God is the one who made the world and who sustains the world. The world would fall apart if he took only a moment off, but we are not him. Outside of viewing sleep as a way to surrender to the Lord, as a way to trust in Him, we're also instructed to sleep and rest, and we can actually practice this as a discipline, um, as a way to steward the gift of our bodies that God's given us. Remember 1 Corinthians six nineteen and 20 says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Now, Paul wrote this, to the church in Corinth to specifically address sexual impurity, but it can apply to so much more when it comes to our body. I think he designed our bodies in such a way to need rest. We read about that in scriptures throughout the Bible, like I said before. A couple other ones, I'm not going to read them, but just Psalm 46.10, um, Psalm 4.8, Proverbs 3.24, just to name a few. I highly recommend going and reading those ones. See, our bodies are not our own. It means we're called to steward them in a way that honors God's design. If he designed our bodies for rest, then we can honor him by being disciplined about resting. 
That's why this takes work. It's hard. It doesn't always come naturally and it can feel so uh, counterintuitive to what this world teaches. But trust me when I tell you that God's way is always better. So getting to the practical, two habits I challenge you to focus on for improving your sleep is a bedtime routine and making enough time to sleep. There are many things that can affect your sleep cycle um, and your ability to get as much sleep as possible, but believe it or not, time actually did not make the list. Things that did make the list are caffeine, stress, smartphones. Those are just a few examples that can get in the way of a good night's rest. See, bedtime routines are actually super important because they signal your brain that it's time to start winding down. Doing the same things at the same time um, every single night are really good indicators to your body and can help predict what it should be doing next, which is sleeping in this case, right? See, our bodies and our minds thrive on structure and predictability. So having a routine is the best way to ensure that your body and your mind can get the sleep that it needs every day. It's interesting to me how often we'll make our kids' bedtime routine a priority, but we don't follow one as adults. For real though, we know how our children act when they don't get enough sleep or how hard they struggle to fall asleep if we haven't followed the routine that they're used to, right? As moms, it's our jobs to make sure to teach them how to follow the routine and to get as much sleep as they need, right? But do you do the same for yourself now? Do you make sure that you're prioritizing sleep or do you just get through each day because it's what you've been doing for so long or because you live by the mantra, I'll sleep when I'm dead or... You know, you think things like, I've survived this long, what's a few more years of not great sleep going to do to me? Well, I used to be this way, but when I started following a routine, which included going to bed at the same time every night and getting up at about the same time every morning, yes, even on weekends most of the time, I found that I was sleeping so much better and I was so much less tired during the day. As you begin to commit to changes in your habits around sleep, remember that it takes time to develop a habit. Have grace for yourself in this process. I do encourage the 80-20 rule for a lot of things in life, so that's going to apply to this too. Aim for like 80% of the time following your routine, and 20% can account for times when you might be out later or doing something outside of your normal evening or nighttime activities, like attending a special event or something like that, right? Just be careful not to let things get in the way of your bedtime routine so often that you fall back into old habits of not getting to bed at a decent time or not following your routine, right? You Remember, you are in control here of the changes you know you need to make, and making these changes may actually take some shifting of priorities. So when you're thinking about your sleep habits, your bedtime routine, making sure you're getting enough sleep, which I don't think I mentioned yet is seven to nine hours is what's recommended, by the way. Um, ask yourself this to start with. What does my current sleep routine look like? How many hours do I typically get each night? See, you can't build on something if you don't know where you're starting from. So be honest with yourself and then work to set goals from there. Think about um, some of these less than ideal sleep habits and honestly assess which you do regularly. These could include staying up late, falling asleep to the TV, scrolling on your phone before bed, not following any kind of bedtime routine, eating late at night, drinking caffeinated drinks later in the day, drinking alcohol at night, sleeping less than seven hours, which of these apply to you? Are there any other things that come to your mind now that might be habits that negatively are impacting your sleep? Remember, I'm not saying that you are a bad person if you do any of these things. Please hear me. I'm suggesting that doing any of these things regularly is probably not helping you get the best sleep and the best daily rest. So here's a quick process to create a simple bedtime routine and make sure that you're getting enough sleep. So start by figuring out what time you need to or want to get up in the morning. 
Now, based on that, what time do you need to go to bed in order to get seven to nine hours of sleep? Next, you're going to build your routine. Now, this routine could include things like closing your kitchen, prepping for your morning, getting your PJs on, doing your bathroom routine, taking a hot bath or shower, reading a book, talking with your spouse, stretching, drinking tea, or other things that calm and relax you. Now, you may have to do some trial and error with this one, but I do recommend having some non-negotiables for those later than usual nights so your body still recognizes some part of your normal, normal bedtime routine. Now, after you build your routine, you can decide when you want to start your routine. Based on the time that you calculated you need to go to bed by, decide how long your routine might take and then count back from there. That's it. Super simple bedtime routine. Now, the hard part committing to do it every single day, no matter how hard it seems or how much you don't want to. (laughs) I promise that given some time, you'll begin to love this part of your healthy living and it will make a huge difference in your life. All right, so obviously sleep is a huge part of the rhythm of daily rest, but I do want to talk briefly about a few other practices that can help. See, when I think about rest, I think about being at peace, being relaxed, having time. Now, the opposites of those might be what come to your mind living a chaotic and busy life where you're always on the go, always feeling stressed and rushed for something, never feeling like you can get quiet in your mind or think straight or like your mind is running a million miles an hour all the time. (laughs) That doesn't sound very restful to me. And yet that's how so many of us as moms live. I used to live that way. And based on conversations with many of you who listen to this podcast, I know you have found yourself in that place too, or you are in that place right now. That's why I want to talk about some disciplines around mental and emotional rest too. I typically call this living mindfully. We may have heard me talk about that before. Um, But that also looks like being fully present and not stressed out all the time, basically. See, living mindfully allows you to actually recognize your thoughts, process your emotions, and make good and healthy decisions. And this is all part of a rhythm of daily rest too, because unless you're practicing these things every day, you'll likely still feel exhausted all the time. Like, I even think I might go as far to say that if, and this is a big if because the likelihood of getting good sleep uh, in a not mentally rested state is slim to none, but if you are somehow getting all the sleep that your body physically needs, but you aren't taking care of your mental and emotional health, you probably aren't experiencing the rest that God is referring to in the Bible and wants so badly for us to experience with him. So I want to just bring up a couple different practices for this mental and emotional rest as well to add into your daily rhythm of rest. So the first one is slow down and stop multitasking. (laughs) Slowing down and minimizing your multitasking is a great way to begin a journey toward living more mindfully and with less stress. It can look different for you than it does for someone else, and that's okay. For example, get out of nature just for the sake of observing God's creation and breathing fresh air. I challenge you to make this an intentional time that you plan to be outside, but the important thing here really is that you're paying attention to what you feel and what you observe. Going hand in hand with this is a practice of noticing like specific sights and sounds throughout your day. You might choose to notice the beauty of the sky after a rainstorm or the flowers blooming or the pine trees or a sunrise or sunset, the warmth of your coffee mug in your hands each morning. Like simple things, this simple way to bring your mind to a place of thankfulness and joy as you slow down in what I like to call mindful moments each day. Now, the last thing I want to say on this is that you have to plan extra time to observe what's really going on around you and inside you. Don't just rush through or check the box. Multitasking is a huge culprit of preventing you from being mindful and putting your mind at rest. I challenge you to practice focusing on one thing at a time. 
I'm not saying you can never multitask, and there's definitely a time and a place for it. I'm simply challenging you to learn to be more mindful and present by ceasing to multitask for a short amount of time just while you're practicing this skill. Slow down and be present in the moment rather than thinking of all the other things that you could or should be doing, right? Now, try asking yourself questions like, what about this moment brings me joy? What about these smells, sights, or sounds do I like or not like? Am I allowing God the space to speak to me and show me things through my day, or have I been too busy going and going and going? See, learning to be more present and actively looking for God's work are ways to enjoy the little things, and that can do wonders for your mind, your body, your soul, your emotions. Remember, this is about practicing, so you don't have to aim for perfection, Uh, but my hope and prayer is that you will begin to be more aware of just how fast-paced you've been living and learn to slow down and enjoy rest in order to check in with yourself, to process your thoughts and your emotions, and most importantly, to lean into God. The next little discipline I want to talk about is intentional silent time. Now, I purposely use the word silent, not quiet here. (laughs) In a world full of overstimulation, our minds are not used to silence, which is why I'm challenging you to practice this. It doesn't have to be very long. It doesn't even have to be every day, although every day is good. But Try it out and see what happens. If you're one who usually fills silence with worship music in the background or longs for the kids to go to bed at night or nap time so you can have some time to yourself to watch TV, I can promise you this will be hard, but it will be life-changing. Psalm 46.10, I referenced earlier, says, Be still and know that I am God. It's written that Jesus goes off on his own numerous times in the Gospels. And the Bible also speaks about the power of silence. In Psalm 62, 5, it says, For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my home is from him. And Zephaniah 1, 7 says, Be silent before the Lord God. I believe there are a lot of reasons to practice silence besides the obvious, which is that it's biblical. But I want to focus on two major ones as you are learning to rest. The first is that creating space and time for silence in your life allows you to evaluate and focus on the things that matter most to you. See, when you slow down long enough to allow your mind to wander, then you'll see where your priorities are. When you know where your priorities are, then you'll be able to evaluate whether the way you're currently spending your time and energy aligns with those priorities or not. The second and more important one is that allows you greater opportunity to hear from God. As you practice silence, as you practice sitting before God in prayer and actively listening for his voice, you will hear it and it will transform you. Setting aside specific time to pray and listen to God can be a very difficult practice to implement, especially if it's never been a part of your routine before or you haven't experienced it for yourself very much. I challenge you to repeat this truth to yourself if you find yourself struggling to focus in prayer during these times of silence. Prayer changes everything. (laughs) The more you say it, the more you'll believe it and live it out. That was my story. (laughs) So let's get practical and silent. This is going to take planning, so don't put it off. Some of the ways to practice silence are to turn off the radio in your car as you drive, replace TV watching or podcast listening, oops, (laughs) time with silence, or get up a few minutes early in the morning and sit silently while you sip your coffee. Find what's going to work best for you and stick with it, even if it gets hard or uncomfortable. Developing a rhythm or routine for practicing intentional silent time is really the best way to learn to enjoy it and to reap its full benefits. You can start with a few minutes a day, or you can start with a week of no radio in your car, or whatever you feel led to do. The last thing I want to leave you with is something that challenged me when I was beginning this practice. A pastor and a teacher that I follow said, you can tell the emotional maturity of a person by their level of comfort with silence, or something like that. The point being, 
when you can be silent long enough to recognize and sit in your emotions, you can process them in a healthy way and you can bring them to God and you can hear what God has to say about them and about you. Now, the last practice I want to talk briefly about is journaling. Journaling is another way to help you practice mindfulness, to reduce stress, process your emotions, all the things, right? And this really goes along with the intentional silent time too, actually. Think of journaling like a way to process your emotions, your thoughts about what happened in a day or what's happening in a certain situation. Now, you might find yourself writing only a few thoughts or writing everything that happened in a day and how it all made you feel. I challenge you to begin setting aside time to journal every day as a daily rhythm of rest. Remember, it won't seem natural at first if it's not something that you already do, but practicing the habit will help you begin to experience the full benefits of it. It can help you process through any stress, anxiety, or other emotions you might be feeling. It can help you reflect on how your day went or bring about a sense of gratitude for the day or, I don't know, simply help you remember things. Journaling your prayers is another great way to allow God to speak to you and work in your heart too during this practice. You may find that you hear from the Holy Spirit a lot more clearly when you're slowing down to write out your prayers. You might find that as you look back at all that you've prayed and journaled about, you can see the hand of God working in ways that you hadn't acknowledged before. Oftentimes, it can be difficult to see answered prayers if you aren't aren't remembering the things that you're laboring in prayer about, right? So, I encourage you to use this practice as a time not only to work through your thoughts and emotions, but also to surrender them to God, to ask for His guidance and healing in this journey. So, Besides making sleep a priority daily, you can also practice a few of these other things in order to help you find rest during your days. As a quick recap, those things were slowing down and stopping the multitasking all the time, making time to intentionally sit in silence, and journaling, right? I will say that if you are someone who struggles with resting, these probably sound more like to-dos and something else that you have to get done in a day, but I really challenge you to think about it differently. Remember, you're creating daily rhythms of rest in your life so that you can live with less stress, more energy, and make your healthiest decisions consistently. True change and transformation comes from the inside out most often, so starting with these quote-unquote behind-the-scenes type changes will actually end up making a huge difference in how you see and live your life. I pray you were challenged and encouraged today as you continue forward living healthy and empowered for the glory of God. I'll talk to you next week as we dive into another Rhythm of Rest in this mini-series. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Healthy and Empowered Living Podcast. Thanks for listening today. If you're loving what you hear, would you share this podcast with a friend? Also, it would make my day to hear from you. Will you be so kind as to head over to Apple Podcasts, rate the show, and write a short review? That helps me to know what you want to hear more of and helps more women find the show, learn, and be encouraged too. Lastly, if you're not already a part of the Joyful Health for Christian Moms Facebook community, we'd love to have you. We aren't meant to do this thing alone, so come find the support you need as you're living healthy and empowered.